0: Welcome to the Cash Flow Guys Podcast. All right, boys and girls, it's that time again. You know where you are. You should know who you're listening to. This is Tyler Sheff. And if you've never been here before, I am the host of America's favorite podcast for investing in real estate for cash flow. Kids, we're going to talk today about taking things from a different perspective. In other words, I want to talk about leadership. And I know that as a real estate investor, and I talked about this last week, I started getting into this we don't really think of ourselves as leaders. A lot of folks don't actually that are investing in real estate. Don't think of themselves as marketplace leaders. They hold that for people like, I don't know, maybe it's Grant Cardone as the leader in multifamily space or, yes, Brad Sumrock or Rod Khalif or one of these people, the celebrities, so to speak, of real estate. But let's get down to brass tacks and talk about what you're doing in your own market. And I'm talking about what I'm reading, and I've been reading. It's that time of the year again. I'm reading "Think and Grow Rich," and I always walk away with a ton of ahas. I'm going to read you a list of 11 things, and I'm going to go through this list and break it down for you because I cannot begin to tell you how important this is. And you're going to co- you're going to get a lot of ahas. You're going to have some thoughts here, and you're going to realize some things about yourself and the people you choose to spend your time around that are going to help you get to where you need to go faster more efficiently let's talk about from the book think, think and grow rich and if you have never read think and grow rich i strongly suggest you go pick up a copy i believe it's even available now in the public domain i think you can even get it for free as a pdf but uh, think and grow rich from napoleon hill great book i read it myself once a year and it's that time of the year again so i'm going back through it again and you're going to have to suffer through me getting through this information because i it's so valuable to you So let's jump into that list where number one, we're going to start with, of course, the major attributes of leadership, and that's unwavering courage. He goes on to say, based on the knowledge of self and one's occupation. No follower wishes to be dominated by a leader who lacks self-confidence and courage. No intelligent follower will be dominated by such a leader for very long. So ask yourself, if you are in that intelligent follower stage, and we talked about that last week, being an intelligent follower, because let's be honest, not everybody's a leader. And the good news is you don't have to be a leader to be successful in the real estate space. You don't have to be a leader to be financially free, but you do have to align yourself with such a person that would make you an intelligent follower that said ask yourself who you're following i see lots of folks running around the marketplace following like sheep people that don't even own any real estate themselves or if they do their deals suck they've got they've got bad deals put together they may own a, a couple rental properties but if every one of their deals are terrible if they're losing money then you shouldn't be following them and I know it's tough because a lot of times you think, well, they perceive they, you perceive them to be well off and whatnot, but in reality, if they're still working a nine to five, they're still punching the clock, there are ways to learn more about have, ask them good pointed questions and see what answers they come up with. And if they're always generalizing everything, if they cannot be specific, then maybe these folks don't have the unwavering courage that you should be looking for. So if you fall into that intelligent follower category, heavily scrutinize who you choose to follow, who you choose to listen to. If the person that you're following is not financially free and you intend to be financially free, you might want to rethink that whole thing. Next one goes on to say self-control. People who cannot control themselves can never control others. Self-control sets a mighty example for one's followers, which the more intelligent will emulate. I know what you're probably thinking, some of you are going, but I don't want to control people. Well, to some degree, you're going to have to control some part of the element. You're going to have to, hate to use the term, but control the narrative. If you don't believe in the product that you put out there, let's say you're a landlord and you don't believe in, you think your property is a piece of crap. Well, then you're going to attract people who also agree with you, think your property is a piece of crap. They're going to treat it accordingly like a piece of crap and you're going to have to deal with the ownership and dealing with people that are okay living in a piece of crap. That's not going to be fun for you. So one element of having self-control is don't buy garbage properties. Don't be a slumlord. Have the self-control to set an example. If let's say you have, you're getting ready to buy a rental and when you pull into your driveway today and you're, you've got a a 1960 Chevy or Buick in the front yard, that's missing half its car parts and the trees growing through the hood. That may be a problem. If you have A washing machine in your backyard with a tree growing out of it, that may be a problem. Maybe you get your own act together before you go buy rental property, pull your head out of your ass, get off the couch, clean up the yard, cut the grass, and clean up around the place. If you walk in your kitchen and see dishes from the last hour, maybe that's not a good thing. Maybe you need to do the dishes, have some self-control, be the example to which others will follow. This applies to you even if you are that intelligent follower because you're never going to get to that leadership stage until you get your own act together. If you're disheveled, if you keep your car a mess, if you're not taking care of things if your finances are a mess, I got news for you: real estate investing is not your salvation. You first stop and get your real get your finances in line. Get you if you've got if you're on the verge of going to jail because you're writing bad checks, that's a problem that real estate will not fix. If you're about to get evicted from where you live, that's a problem. Real estate will not fix that. If you're about to lose your property foreclosure, or if you're even in pre foreclosure status, I got news for you: take a break from the real estate space and go get a job to get your shit together. That's called self control. A keen sense of judgment is next. It says without a keen. sense sense of fairness and judgment. No leader can command and retain the respect, of his or, the respect of his or her followers. You can be a property manager. You better make damn sure that you have some leadership skills or you put a property manager in place that has leadership skills. And part of that is a sense of justice. Just because you're the landlord doesn't mean you rule the roost per se, because you also have responsibilities. You've got to take good care of the property. And that goes along the lines of you have to take good care of people, which means sometimes maybe you'll have a dispute with a tenant. Two tenants, Maybe two tenants don't get along. I just read an article and I listened to a court hearing today about a a, a landlord who had a tenant with severe allergies and another tenant moved in who wanted a, a emotional support dog. And this emotional support dog made the woman next door's allergies exacerbate. And she damn near died from this whole situation. Well, the landlord wound up getting dragged in the middle of this because the guy with the mo- emotional support dog filed an ADA complaint over the whole issue when the landlord said, you got to get rid of the dog because it's going to kill the lady next door. So you see, a sense of justice, maybe he should have stepped up in, in advance and sought out the right of and maybe hired an attorney to deal with the situation instead of playing armchair quarterback. I believe the case wound up getting dismissed at the end, but it went to Supreme Court. Kind of crazy that they would go to Supreme Court or something like that. But this is the stuff that happens every day, boys and girls. Definiteness of decision. People who waver in their decisions show they're not sure themselves. They cannot lead others successfully. So if you're one of these people that's just blasting out contracts, blasting out offers, and you can't decide which one to buy. Or when you're in the middle of a deal or you're negotiating with somebody, you simply are incapable of making decisions. That's a problem. If you get paralyzed, you're not even to make the decisions, this is a problem. This is something you need to work on if you ever plan on being a leader. Definiteness of plans. The successful leader must plan the work and work the plan. A leader who moves by guesswork without practical, definite plans is comparable to a ship without a rudder. Sooner or later, it'll land on the rocks. This is what I've talked about in the past, about going in half-assed, not knowing what your investor identity is, not knowing who you're going to serve. We've talked about this for years now in this podcast, yet several of you have called and said, what do you invest in? Well, I, I'm, I specialize in mobile homes homes, multifamily and parking lots and single family houses. That's not a specialty because the only thing you left out, I think, was notes and maybe commercial. Okay. You got to get clear and you got to get specialized, got to get an investor identity, got to focus on a niche and stick with that. I'm here to tell you, if you ever look at a raise capital and you're all over the map and nobody can figure out what the hell you're up to, if you're not consistent, people are not going to want to invest their money with you. That's just the reality of it. So you've got to be definite in your plans, be definitive, follow through. Next, he goes on to say the habit of doing more than paid for. One of the penalties of leadership is a necessity of willingness, depending on the part of the leaders, upon the part of the leaders to do more than they're required of their followers. Well, that's a perfect example of this, raising capital. When I raise capital for a deal, I go over and above, not only to meet the expectation of my investors, but to exceed that. That means, let's say we do a deal and you invest 50 grand of your IRA in the deal. And I tell, and we make an agreement that at the end of this deal, for your 50 grand, you wind up with 100 grand. Well, let's say the deal turns out to be amazing. And of course, I'm going to give you back your 50 grand, but maybe I'm going to throw you an extra 10 grand. Why? Well, because you didn't expect the 10 grand. And at the end of the day, the 10 grand doesn't really matter to me. Yeah, it's 10 grand and I don't want to lose 10 grand. But my mindset is such that you're not going to lose 10 grand. I'm gonna use that 10 grand as a goodwill gesture because for the low price of 10 grand that guy or girl is gonna tell the whole world that they not only got what i or what they expected but they also got an additional ten thousand dollars and they're gonna tell everybody and then everybody's I'm going to call Uncle Tyler so Tyler doesn't have to spend a fortune on marketing and want to invest with me. Basic common sense. Pleasing personality. <laughs> this is code for it. Don't be a dick. No slovenly careless person can become a successful leader. Leadership calls for respect. Followers will not respect leaders who do not score highly on all factors of a pleasing personality. Probably thinking, well, Tyler, you're a little abrasive sometimes. You're right. I am. And that has probably cost me business over, over the years. I'm not sitting here telling you that I'm perfect by any means. But understand that I am compassionate and I am empathetic and I go out of my way to help people. People that know me personally, that don't judge based on what they hear in the show, that really know me, my students, my coaching students, my friends, my family, respect me exponentially because they know that I'm a good person at the core. And although sometimes I'm a little short and to the point, that's because I view that as efficiency. I'm not going to do you the discourtesy of blowing smoke up your ass. I'm just not going to do it. That's not, I, I believe that time is short. Life on this planet is short and we need to get to it, make it happen. Sympathy and understanding. Successful leaders must be in sympathy with their followers. Moreover, they must understand them and their problems. Got news for you guys. When you're out there as the leader to marketplace, you're doing deals, you're talking to sellers, getting, getting, Terms done or raising private capital, you are solving problems. That is a service. You are your service is to lead them to a successful transaction that is in their best interest. So you're going to have to have sympathy and understanding, mastery of detail. Successful leadership calls for mastery of details of the leader's position. Well, understand this. I agree 100. percent But you also, if you realize you're not a details person, good. Bring somebody in to your team. Some, or if you're that person that is a great details person. As I said in last week's episode, find a leader that maybe isn't good about details and offer to team up with him because there's maybe only room for one person at the top as the leader, so speak. But there are lots of folks that can make that leader look really, really good. Think about Robert Kiyosaki talks about being the smartest person in the room. He's not the smartest person in the room ever. He's actually the dumbest person in the room. But he surrounds himself with people that are much smarter and, frankly, more qualified than he is. He's just steering the ship. That's all. And everybody else is giving the input that he needs to effectively steer the ship. Willingness to assume full responsibility. Now, this is a big one. This is a huge one. And I think about politicians. Every politician that I hear lately is on this game where they're not accepting responsibility for their own shortcomings. Willingness to assume full responsibility. Successful leaders must be willing to assume responsibility for the mistakes and the shortcomings of their followers. If they try to shift this responsibility, they will not remain leaders. If followers make mistakes and become incompetent, it is the leader who failed. And I cannot begin to stress how important this is. If you're out there and your title company blows it, which will happen from time to time, then it's your responsibility to suck it up buttercup and make it work gloss it over make sure that the problems are solved reach out to the buyer and the seller if you're the agent or the wholesaler and this deal isn't closing if your lender is dropping the ball you can call up and be a jerk to them or you can have a conversation with them and see maybe it's some paperwork they're missing maybe there's a miscommunication somewhere maybe there was an error if you don't beat them up and say is there anything i can do to help the situation anything i can do on my end that would make this easier so we can get this done think about that way of approaching it instead of being what are you some incompetent mortgage broker what's wrong with you do you know who I am. Recently, we had a real estate transaction where our client, unfortunately, was the salty one and the woman was out of line. And I called the title company, even though the title company did make a little bit of a boo-boo, I called the title company and apologized to the title company for the actions of this crappy client. I take full responsibility for that client being a shithead and that client should not treat my vendors, my title company in this case, like they're some sort of vile creature. That's not acceptable because my title company is part of my team. That's part of my family. That's how we do deals. That's how we protect our clients. You will not treat my team like they're some sort of piece of crap. So I called the title company and apologized for the actions of the buffoon that we had as a client. Well, At the end of the day, the transaction cleared and everything was fine. Basically, somebody was overreacting. We had a Karen, as they say, in the equation, and Karen was being an obnoxious little bitch. So there you have it. Cooperation. Successful leaders must understand and apply the principle of cooperative effort and be able to induce followers to do the same. Leadership calls for power and power calls for cooperation. Now understand, lastly, before I wrap up, I want to talk about two forms of leadership that he mentions, and this is very, very important. The first, and by far the most effective, he says, is leadership by consent of and with the sympathy of. Of the followers. The second is leadership by force, without the consent and sympathy of the followers. Think of what's going on now. You've got folks out there that choose to lead by consent. Yeah, they've got the consent of the people. Think about somebody you know in your circles that they got put into a leadership role because the people around them deem them to be the most qualified. I'm not talking about actual you know, politicians, so to speak, but I'm just talking about in general, the person, maybe you're involved in a group of people, like you got a group of buddies that hang out and do your thing. One of you generally tends to take the leadership role, probably, and everybody else falls in line. That's because groupthink said that one of you should be in charge, where the rest of people are just going to kind of hang out, and that doesn't mean that the leader's telling you what to do. The other one is is those people that show up that just assume they put you in a headlock, and they you're going to do this, and this is how things are going to roll. I've dealt with real estate agents like this, where they come in and they try to heavy hand the situation. Well, I'm the listing agent, hear me roar. I have a broker's license. I'm like, who cares? I could care less if you're not, or if you're the Pope, you don't come in and start pushing people around. That's not how things work. Dictators is a popular term for this. You've got those folks. We all have them in our lives that come in and try to dictate everything that's going to go on without getting any sort of buy-in from the people that they're trying to force into leadership. You can't force people to do deals with you. You can't strong arm people into doing things your way. You got to ease them into it. You got to solve their problems. You got to give them what they need and pay things in a picture, so they understand that it provides value to them. If you strong arm somebody, if you put them in a headlock, you drag them to the closing table. If you're one of those bottom feeders that puts a uh, memorandum a contract on uncooperative sellers without finding out what the hell the problem is anyway, you are just that. You're not a leader. You're a bottom feeder and you're going to fail. And that's unfortunate for you, but I'm kind of glad that you do fail because you're in the way. Here's the thing. You always got to be adding value to the marketplace. If you're not, you don't belong in it.